This is Parrot Talk. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. Restoringthefaith.com Oh, it's Friday. It's that time of the week, ladies and gentlemen. We've got to go around the world on Paratuck. This is the Crusade Channel, live talk radio, the way it should be. And we have to go around the world today because it's Friday. It is a smattering of news. It is an overwhelming amount of information. Your brain can barely handle what I'll be throwing at you in the fastest hour of radio every day, Monday through Friday, here on the Crusade Channel, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. But I gotta tell you, Fridays are my favorite days because we go off script a little bit. And we do whatever the heck we want to on Fridays. We do whatever the heck we want to on Fridays. Because we can. That's why. CBS News had a rare moment of journalistic sobriety. You're not going to believe this. Kamala Harris is being interviewed by CBS News. And the Joe Biden's really old what if he dies question shows up. So you're 58 now. If you win a second term, as you and the president are running to do, he would be 86 at the end of it. The Wall Street Journal had a poll showing two-thirds of Democrats say Joe Biden is too old to run again. Are you prepared to be commander-in-chief? Yes, I am, if necessary. But Joe Biden is going to be fine. And let me tell you something. I work with Joe Biden every day. The work that under Joe Biden's leadership, our administration has accomplished is transformative. I think the American people, most of all, want a leader who actually gets things done. Oh my goodness, the American people want a leader who gets things done, uh, like raising taxes, raising the cost of uh, goods, sending money to Ukraine, and uh, welding open the... Border walls, I guess, uh, streaming millions and millions of undocumented migrants into these United States, bringing with them all the things that they bring with them, whether it be drugs and illiteracy and just petty criminality or organized crime or uh, a drain on our social systems, whatever it is, we are not a nation anymore, and it's so bad now that even like... The black community in New York City has had enough. They're like, stop sending them. Resources that have not come to us. Now you want to overly compensate for people who never lived here before. And they we need to be taken care of first and foremost before anything else happens here. Why would any leader put our black communities already riddled with crime? at further risk by placing unvetted non-taxpayers 
steps away from our our seniors, our children, and our homes we've worked so hard on our own to secure. We are at war, people. Our communities are at war. They are violating our communities, and we asking that we have, we across the country, we asking that we're demanding for office of black America, or whatever you want to call it, to deal with issues like this. Uh, I did get placed on a wait list, but I was told that the immigrants were taking priority. See, that's a story that a lot of people don't know, and it just, it hurt me. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I understand we need to be humanitarian, but these people are that my participants are third and fourth generation Chicagoan, born, bred, fed, and raised here. My grandmother, May Rutherford Carrington, rest in peace, always said, Craig, charity starts at home first and then it go abroad. Politically, having over 500 people in our community would completely wipe out any interest we have. Many of these migrants have been dumped in our neighborhoods without a plan in place to monitor and house them long term. I'm not yeah. selling Preach. nothing. And yep. I keep telling people, watch that big you don't have to move. The if you out. sell, they're going to come in. Yep. If we don't sell, we got to stand strong and That's right. Together. You just get started. Okay, we're just getting started, people. We are just getting started. The uh, black community from coast to coast rising up. Many of them supporting Donald J. Trump. I think I played a clip of that for you last week when Trump was down in Georgia. Lots of black support from coast to coast, from sea to shining sea. Even the mayor of New York City right now is in retreat mode. He's the one who said, bring them all in. We should, uh, you know, especially the city of New York is known for Ellis Island, it is the the place through which so many immigrants came to these United States in various waves. From the Irish potato famine to the Italians who came a generation later. And so on and so forth through Ellis Island. Uh, a symbol of immigration into these United States. Many people during the World Wars 1 and 2 uh, came to the United States even still through New York City. Now they're coming up to New York City, however, via a circuitous route. And you'll hear the mayor of New York do a complete 180 on illegal immigration. And let me tell you something, New Yorkers. Never in my life have I had a problem that I did not see an ending to. I don't see an ending to this. I don't see an ending to this. This issue will destroy New York City. Destroy New York City. We're getting 10,000 migrants a month. One time we were just getting Venezuela. Now we're getting Ecuador. Now we're getting Russia speaking coming through Mexico. Now we're getting uh, Western Africa. Now we're getting people from all over the globe have made their minds up that they're going to come through the southern part of the border and come into New York City. And everyone is saying it's New York City's problem. Every community in this city is going to be impacted. We got a $12 billion deficit that we're going to have to cut 
every service in this city is going to be impacted. All of us. And so I say to you, as I turn it over to you, this is some, some of the most educated, some of the most knowledgeable, probably more of my commissioners and deputy commissioners and chiefs live in this community. So as you ask me a question about migrants, tell me what role you played. How many of you organized to stop what they're doing to us? How many of you were part of the movement to say, we're seeing what this mayor is trying to do and they're destroying New York City? It's gonna to come to your neighborhoods. All of us are gonna be impacted by this. I said it last year when we had 15,000. I'm telling you now, with 110,000, the city we knew we're about to lose. And we're all in this together, all of us. Staten Island saying, send them out to Manhattan. Manhattan is saying, send them out to Queens. Queens is saying, send them out to Brooklyn. No, it's not the game we can play. Open the floor up. Not a game we can play, ladies and gentlemen. You can't play a game when it comes to uh, people streaming across your border. I mean, no, practically no other nation on Earth, no other real uh, nation on Earth deals with this on such a sustained and regular basis. I mean, my entire lifetime has been amnesty to amnesty. From the Reagan amnesty... All the way through. Remember comprehensive immigration reform that they were going to try to get done and the gang, uh, the Lindsey Graham gang of seven or whatever it was. And that got shut down. That was in 2005 or 2007. It was in the Bush years. It got shut down by people like Ann Coulter who raised the alarm bells and start and, and actually, you know, frankly, people like Mike Church who said no. These rhino Republicans are trying to ram down your throat. The, the more times you grant amnesty, the more likely you will grant amnesty in the future. And even if there's a Republican brand on the amnesty, the Democrats are going to be the beneficiaries of amnesty. You look at people who have come to these United States illegally and have obtained permanent residents here and they generally are very left-leaning they bring problems with them they've already broken the law to come here and um and they bring a lot of problems with it i i look at it and i just say yeah an object is defined by its boundaries Anything which which is definable, uh, the, the definition of something which is definable is something that has boundaries, it has limitations, it has borders. There is, yeah. Uh, look at any object around you. Look at your coffee mug right now. Your coffee mug is defined by the material which is the mug, and then the rest of the material which is not the mug, which may be near it, but it's not the mug. If one part of your mug just were undefined and it blended into your granite countertops, let's say. I, w- I don't have granite countertops. I kind of want 
to get granite countertops. Um, we have a lesser material right now, and I think that would be nice. But I understand that granite countertops are a little bit of maintenance as well. You have to seal them. They can be stained, etc. They're kind of a hassle to put in. You might crack them when they come in. Or if you chip them, then you're like, well, what do I do? I got this giant piece of stone, granite, and it's hard to match if I wanted to swap out a piece of it. Plus, sometimes you get seams in the granite. Anyway, suppose that there was no clear delineation between your coffee mug and your granite countertop. And you couldn't really distinguish where one ended and the other began. How could you define what the coffee mug is? What is it? What is the quid est? You don't know what it is when you don't know what it is not. Half of knowing what is is knowing what is not. Half of knowing what is true is knowing what is not true. Light and shadow. Truth and falsehood. This is why it's so important when we define dogma that we also condemn heresy. We condemn error. This is why in all ecumenical councils leading up to the Second Vatican Council, there was dogma defined and error condemned. Because you have to know what a thing is and what a thing is not. The coffee mug is a porcelain mug. It is not a granite countertop. You have to understand where one thing begins and another thing ends. Therefore, without borders, without boundaries, without delineation of any kind, a thing becomes undefinable, non-definable, ambiguous. And that presents a big problem. But that's not the only ambiguous thing that people are having a hard time defining these days. I mean, that's the same error that we are making with respect to our national borders. We are making with our natural bodies. The war on reality continues to escalate. Here's one of the latest escalations. This is a man claiming that he is both a biological woman and a trans woman at the same time. You might want to listen closely to his explanation because these people are getting very, very sneaky. I am a biological woman, and I'm also a transgender woman, and you want to know how. That's fair. Let me explain. Let's break down biological woman real quick. So biological simply means relating to biology or life and living processes. It turns out I'm alive. <laughs> I am of living processes. I, I am flesh and bone, you know? I am biological. And woman is basically anyone who says they are a woman. It's a social construct. It's an eternal sense of self and how the person wants to present themselves to the world and how they want to be perceived. That's all a woman is, is someone who says they are a woman and truly means it. When people are arguing against the rights of transgender people, they often misuse the word biological. They like to say that you cannot change your DNA, you cannot change what you were born as. However, when you're born, you're just assigned a gender at birth by the doctor, and it's a best guess based off of what they see. 
a lot of times it's not even based off of chromosome tests. And when they are, that's not even accurate. You can be assigned female at birth and still have XY chromosomes. You can still be assigned male at birth and still have XX chromosomes. It's never straightforward. Every human has the potential to display any secondary sex characteristics from either gender of the binary. It's totally possible. <sighs> okay. You can't define anything if you can't define what anything is or is not. Okay? These people no longer want to have definitions. Words no longer need to mean anything. This man with an Adam's apple and a penis is claiming to be a biological woman. And the reason he's claiming to be a biological woman is because he is biologically alive and because he feels like a woman. He is imposing his own subjective feelings on all of you and claiming that that is your reality. That is your your truth. That is what you must believe. He is imposing that upon you. That is a huge mistake. A grave mistake. He, he, he furthermore goes on to say that he, people are, it's impossible to know what assigned gender at birth is because people's chromosomes might be different. You're talking about defining the rule based on the exceptions. This is the basic error that liberals tend to make. They love, love more than anything. Love, and I mean love, defining the, making second things first and forgetting about first things. This is what St. Thomas says to do. First things first. First you define the principle, then you can discuss the exceptions to the principle, the exceptions to the rule. People who say things like, well, rules were meant to be broken, are stupid. They don't know what they're talking about. I hate that phrase. I hate people who say that. I hate it when I hear it. Rules are not meant to be broken. Rules are meant to be obeyed. The natural law is meant to be obeyed. It is not meant to be disobeyed. It's not meant to be circumvented or broken. So the first thing we must do is define the principle. The second thing we must do is define the exceptions to that principle. Are there medical cases in which there is, quote-unquote, an intersex human being? Yes, I believe that those cases do exist. They are exceedingly rare, and they, do, they should not inform what the norm is. They should not inform what the actual reality of the situation is. This is like the rape and incest argument. When you try to have a discussion about abortion, and you say, hey, abortion is murder, it's ripping babies apart, and then people come at you and say, well, no, what about, what about rape and incest? It's the what about. People want to say the what about is the most important thing. People want to claim that the what about is the very important part of the argument. In fact, that's how they want to make decisions with the whatabouts. Rape and incest 
are so exceedingly rare as 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 the uh, cause of human life. And furthermore, there's not even a philosophical or a theological or an ethical way to justify abortion just because of the fact that there was a rape or an incest. You can't say, oh, well, just because you were raped, you, you get to commit murder. No moral code. Let's say uh, divorce from the natural law. No, no invented fake Eastern whatever pagan religion moral code says that you can just kill someone because you were raped. Two wrongs don't make a right. So even those people who want to run to the whatabouts are wrong in that scenario. When it comes to the the biology of the human body, the God-given biology of the human body, when people pull the whatabout card, it's like one fraction of one-tenth of one one-thousandth of a percent. I'm not worried about it. I'm really, I'm real, I'm really not worried about it. I'm not going to spend the mental energy talking about the five humans on earth who suffer from this. It's just not a thing that I'm going to spend my time doing either today or tomorrow or next week or next month. You, sir, are not one of those cases. And that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about them. We're talking about you. We're talking about your mental disorder, your Adam's apple, your testicles, and the fact that you want to be in women's bathrooms, you, sir, are insane. And there's no way to justify it because you think that there's some other person who may be born somewhere else, somewhere down the line, at some point in time, who has a completely different problem than what you have. What you have is a mental disorder, period. Speaking of mental disorders... They're wanting you to wear masks again. It's like they didn't listen to little Fauci the first time. Right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better, and it might even block a, a droplet, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. And often, there are unintended consequences people keep fiddling with the mask and they keep touching their face and can you get some schmutz sort of staying inside there of course of course but when you think it's like everybody ignored the little fouch it's like i am seeing more masks every single day today listen ladies and gentlemen i don't know look People like to brag about themselves. They like to say things that are superlative. They like to say, oh, yeah, how are you doing? Oh, I'm very busy, very, very, very busy. First of all, that's a lame answer. Nobody nobody cares if you're busy. I never talk about how busy I am. I don't tell you about what, what else is going on in my life outside of Paratalk here on the Crusade Channel. Nobody cares. It's not a good answer. It's very boring. Just stop, Okay. Nevertheless, I am exquisitely busy. I own two franchise businesses that are very young. They're early stage. They're taking a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of attention, a lot of travel, a lot of driving, a lot of customers, a lot of this and that. Plus, 
I'm with you a full hour a day. Plus, I teach at the collegiate level multiple times per week. And on nights and weekends, I'm making quizzes and making my lesson plan, dealing with students who are increasingly less intelligent every single year. Plus, we have seven children, which we homeschool, whom we homeschool. Plus, there's a lot of work around this property that needs to be done. Plus, all the children are of the age to have things going on in their lives. So, you're talking to someone who literally wakes up in the fourth hour of the day and regularly goes to sleep in the 24th hour of the day. And by the time you're hearing my voice on Friday mornings, I've gone almost as far as I can go in the week. You're you're almost looking at a zombie. And by the time you're watching The Rundown on Friday night, which is a live broadcast on The Rundown YouTube channel carried on Crusade Max. You can watch The Rundown on Crusade Max. By the time you're watching me, I am basically running on fumes. This is why I don't host it very often anymore. I let Ryan do the hosting. Because frankly, all I can do is sit there and offer my opinion about things. I can no longer bring... I, I By 9 o'clock at night, on Friday night, we're 70 plus, 80 hours into uh, my efforts in the week. And um, and I and I just can't, I can't do it anymore. So today, today, I called the manager of one of my businesses and I said, "Hey, I need you to run everything today. I'm not coming in. I'm not even going to be in the same city. I am going somewhere else. Uh, the the children and and the wife had something to do most of the day." You know what I did? I went to a museum. Uh, I went to a vacuum store and took my vacuum cleaner in to get repaired, which I've been meaning to do for the last uh, five months. I took care of my dog who needed a vet visit. Um, I washed the car. I drank a latte. I ate some barbecue. I walked around. And you know what I noticed today on my mental health day? I noticed more masks. I noticed that people are wearing masks. And you know, but before I start this show, I'll glance at Drudge. I'll glance at Fox and CNN. I'll just kind of see, like, what are all the enemies reporting today? What do they think is important? What do they want? Uh, what's the shiny object that they want all of us to be concerned about? Folks, we have a mental health disorder in, in, in this country, and it is widespread, it is vast, it is deep, it is ubiquitous. These people, these drones are walking around in year four of this fake pandemic, and they are pretending that they are protecting you and me they are virtue signaling uh but what they're really doing they're they're 
they're low intelligence signaling is what they're doing. They think they're virtue signaling, but they're low intelligence signaling by, by wearing a mask on their face, which literally does nothing. I can't even believe it. Even their their prophet, he's not their king, he's not their priest, but he's their prophet. Their prophet in their religion, Anthony Fauci, even told them the mask doesn't do anything. It might block a droplet. It doesn't do anything. Plus, you get the schmutz. You don't want to get the schmutz in the mask. If you get the schmutz in the mask and you're touching your face, Lord help you. Lord help us. I saw so many masks on my mental health day. I don't even. I started to question if I needed to have more mental health days, if I was the one with the mental problems. Gosh, it did feel good to do nothing. I didn't do just do nothing. I did I did I lectured in the morning. And I did talk to five or six customers and I sent an estimate and booked a job actually. Pretty big job. Um so I, I was on systems and I was I was available. I just didn't go and do all the things that I needed to do. Instead, I literally walked around, looked at people, looked at a museum, took care of my truck, took care of my dog, uh, cleaned a huge trash pile that I've been working on for a while. I even surprised my bride. She was out and about. She had all of the children with her. I surprised her. She came home to an immaculate house. Immaculate. I am not even ashamed to tell you that yours truly cleaned the kitchen like to a level of cleanliness that I think maybe made her cry by the time she got home. I have no idea. I went out. Tomorrow is one of my son's birthdays. He was born, well, today, actually, as you're hearing my voice, September 8th, the feast of the Immaculate Conception, uh, it is uh, is uh, my son's birthday. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's. I had to go find something for him. I went to a few places looking for just the right thing. And you know what? Just living for a day without thinking about revenue and margin and customers and marketing and bookkeeping and systems and processes and payroll and HR and whatever else without even thinking about that just for a day I feel human again and I I I I am so like glad to be with you and I'm going to do the same thing today in my in my book September 8th it may not be a holy day of obligation it's a feast day I am going to go on cruise control today spend more time thinking about our lady uh, more time thinking about the saints, certainly hear mass, certainly receive communion, possibly go to confession, although it's only been a few days. And you know what? Um, I don't know. I, I just think that you should slow down too. I think that if you're thinking to yourself um, that you're, you're booking yourself pretty hard, many of you out there are. And... Probably some of you do more than I do. I mean, I feel like I do a lot, okay? I do a heck of a lot. I'll go days without even seeing the family, even though we live in the same house. 
But some of you do more. Some of you travel more than I do. I don't do much traveling anymore. Just driving. But I do think it is important to rest and to recollect because you know what? Leisure is the basis of culture. And if you can't spend time just pondering your life, society, your community, heck, the stupid architecture for the stupid building that you're staring at at that moment in time and the history of it or whatever. I mean, if you can't spend time to take that in, um, you know, when, when, when you die, nobody at your eulogy is going to say, they're not going to care about how much you worked. They're not going to care about how how much money you made. Nobody's going to say, "Oh yeah, that Mike Parrott guy. He was a hard worker. That was a that was a really redeeming quality." So, hey, it's a Friday. We're coming up on our commercial break, and I'm just here to tell you just just calm down if you can. Take it easy every now and then. Here I am. I I, t- I took my first mental health break in a year, and I feel refreshed. And I'm like sitting here moralizing to you. Most of you know how to take care of yourselves and you take vacations and you take days off and you do all the things that you should be doing. And, um, and I should actually learn from you, but I'm just here to tell you that if you're doing all that, you're right. If you're not doing that, don't be like me. Take care of yourself every now and then. This is Paratalk here on the Crusade Channel. Live talk radio the way it should be. When we come back, my final thoughts on the week, including Elon Musk fighting the Jews on Twitter. This is the Crusade Channel. We are so back. Are we back? We're back with the fastest hour in radio. I can't even believe that I get to do this every single day. It is a privilege and it is an honor for me, Mike Parrott, your humble host, to be with you here on Parrot Talk on the Crusade Channel, Live Talk Radio, the way it should be every single day, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time on the Crusade Channel. This segment brought to you by shop.mikechurch.com. At least buy your dang coffee. You ungrateful swine. Go to shop.mikechurch.com right now. If you haven't been there in a long time. Elon Musk is fighting the Jews. It's getting pretty heavy. So the ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, is it has been outed. They have been outed, ladies and gentlemen. They have been exposed. They are the shadow government running what is acceptable and unacceptable speech on all social media platforms in these United States and around the world, period, end of story. They, it has been revealed by Elon Musk, of all people, 
You know how critical of the guy I've been. Now, I've supported him, too, when he's right, obviously, but I'm just, I always put the qualifier out there. It's never like, you're either with us or you're against us. It's not black and white. It's really not. Elon is mostly good, but very, very bad on certain things. Tucker is mostly good, but very, very bad. Trump, mostly good, very, very bad. Others are mostly bad, or almost always bad. So I'm willing to accept that there's a little bit of good in Elon Musk, which he has single-handedly revealed, unmasked the ADL and the, uh, 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 what's the guy's name? Rosenblatt, who controls what is acceptable speech on all social media platforms on planet Earth. Whatever that planet is shaped like. I don't know. I don't care. You, I, for the purposes of this discussion, I am an earth shape agnostic. Whatever your shape, your chosen shape is, whether or not you think that we're hurling through space at 70,000 miles an hour and spinning and all this stuff, whether or not you just accept the fact that we can't even prove that we're moving. There's no instrumentation whatsoever that can prove that we are moving. Irrespective of all of that, the entire Earth, call it the potato planet, like the Scientologists do, the, 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 the people who worship at the altar of science. Remember, I told you about the potato planet thing. They were like, oh, well, you know, people are drinking water and, and peeing it out and then flushing it. And then it goes to the to the oceans. And so we're kind of shaped like a potato. And it makes the earth more wobbly because you're moving weight and mass from the ground water supplies into the oceans. And that changes the uh, the wobbliness of the earth and the tilt and be, and if you change the tilt then it's going to change the weather and uh, okay so we're on the potato planet fine if you believe we're on the potato planet hurling through space in the milky way galaxy and and whatever we're uh, i don't care i don't care what you think about that whatever your definition of the entire earth is the adl controls it and elon musk has exposed it Elon Musk bought Twitter, took it private, and within a week after making no changes to Twitter, practically no changes to Twitter, the ADL started a pressure campaign, a defamation campaign. The Anti-Defamation League started a defamation campaign against all the advertisers for Twitter, and in the United States anyway, most of them buckled. So ad revenue to Twitter went down pretty big time. Because all the major advertisers on Twitter are so deathly afraid of... What's his name? Rosenblatt? Everybody is so afraid of this guy. Of being called an anti-Semite. You see, the most powerful insult that is available to anyone is to call them an anti-Semite. That is the most powerful potent weapon that is available in the English language 
It is the most potent political weapon. They've used it on vegetarian VeggieTales Vivek. It is the most potent corporate weapon. If you are labeled an anti-Semite, you can't even get a job. It is the most potent social weapon. If you're labeled an anti-Semite, you're like an outcast in society. You can't come to polite gatherings. It is the nuclear option. And the ADL wields this power, this threat of this nuclear option, over the heads of corporate America, of Washington, D.C., of the big media, big pharma, big education, big anybody. They wield it with precision, and they very, very liberally use it to blackmail everyone into compliance. Elon Musk has exposed this, and he has filed suit against the ADL. The Anti-Defamation League, according to Elon Musk, has defamed Twitter and Elon Musk by calling him an anti-Semite, by saying that Twitter has become anti-Semitic, and by pressuring all the advertisers. Advertising is down in the United States somewhere between 40 and 60%, according to Musk. He tweeted that just yesterday or the day before. He has exposed Jewish power in advertising and social media because he has exposed the fact that the ADL directly intervenes to silence specific accounts. If the ADL doesn't like you, they will make sure that you are deplatformed. You cannot speak. You are silenced. You are muzzled. You are shadow banned. They enjoyed that power over Twitter when it, when it was a public company and Jack Dorsey was at the helm. That is a similar power which they wield over Facebook, over Google, over YouTube, etc. When these people talk about how victimized they are, and, and by the way, this is a professional line. The ADL chief, quote-unquote, Fires back at Elon Musk for waging campaign of harassment against the group. This is on CNN Business. Unrelenting stream of menacing posts targeting the ADL. Greenblatt told CNN... Oh, it's not Rosenblatt. It's Greenblatt. Okay, got it. The ADL has seen a surge in threats directed at the organization since Musk began waging his campaign of bullying against the renowned institution. As a result, Greenblatt said, the ADL has been forced to increase its security. (laughs) Can we just pause for a second and just... Can we just remember the six million for a second, please? We haven't talked about the six million on this show in a long time, and it's just... It's time. It's time that we... We have to talk about the six million. 
Quote, we always receive threatening language, Greenblatt said by phone. I get it personally. It's directed at other staff, but it certainly is intensified in the last week. You know, these people are just targeted, ladies and gentlemen. And it's always just random. They're just trying to live their lives of luxury and extreme control over everything that you do. And when you object to it, it's so scary for them. People... Mr. Greenblatt noted that the vile attacks against the ADL coincided with incidents of anti-Semitism across the country. Acts of hate in the U.S., such as harassment, vandalism, and violence, have reached an all-time high since the ADL started tracking them more than four decades ago. Huh, that's weird. I thought they were at an all-time high under Trump. And then before that, they were at an all-time high under Obama. How are these people... Did people... Did, did these people learn math? You know that they did. Well, they at least learned accounting. <laughs> and finance, they're pretty good at usury. So you know they can do basic algebra. Quote, what starts online often ends up on the ground. Greenblatt warmed. Pointing to how the hashtag... Ban the ADL hashtag amplified by Musk jump from Twitter X to actual protesters in recent days. CNN refers to the A. <laughs> what did I tell you? Without calling it was a. Surge and threats directed at the organization as a result of a what was a green blood tax incidents said acts of hate. Blah, 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 blah. Elon Musk crusade to demonize the Anti Defamation League is showing no signs of ending. Jonathan Greenblatt is part of the inner circle of the inner circle of the inner circle of the people who control your life. He wants to control what you think. He wants to control what you see. He wants to control your access to information. He wants to control what you believe is true or false. And if you object to that, Jonathan Greenblatt will play the victim card. He will claim that you are an anti-Semite, that you are an inciting violence against him. And people like... Ron DeSanctimonious and Donald grab her by her pussy, Trump, will agree with him. They will stand behind Jonathan Greenblatt because Jonathan Greenblatt wields so much power. This is just one of the innumerable reasons why I have told you, venerable friends, ladies and gentlemen in the audience, that politics is lost. Save your soul. All right? And that does it for the show. That's all I have for you on this Friday. It was the fastest hour in radio. But it was a pleasure to be with you. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. 
It is an honor to do this Monday to Friday on the Crusade Channel. This is live talk radio the way it should be. Every single day, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, Paratalk from the heart of America. God bless you, and I will see you on Monday. This is Parrot Talk. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. RestoringTheFaith.com.